What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We've got the second week of the golf season ahead of us here. Second full week of January, NFL playoffs getting in full swing. So the golf calendar will be a full go here with full field events here for the next several months. And uh, we look forward to breaking those down for you here live on the air. So I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. We'll be joined by Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth to do that each and every week. And uh, Noto, how was your uh, season debut week with the Century last week? Yeah, nothing special on my end. I uh, didn't have any Chris Kirk. So, uh, yeah, no caches for me. But, uh, yeah, good to have golf back. I didn't end up watching a ton, but saw some highlights online. Thought Kevin Kisner was pretty good in the booth, um, at least from, you know, what I saw, kind of giving, you know, Jordan Spieth and some other guys some some crap. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he ends up sticking in the booth or trying to play. It sounds like he's going to golf a little bit and then come back in the booth. I'm not sure. But uh, how did your week go? Yeah, I had a few sweats come Sunday. I needed Tigala to win, though. Uh, had him as kind of one of my favorite lower-owned guys. Uh, obviously, we talked about last week. You, you said a new year. You didn't know what to make of me. I played some speed. Uh, he finished in third. So for once, uh, I got speed right to start the year and uh, had some Benny on, had some Sung JM. So I had some good rosters, but no Kirk either, uh, which ended up leaving me kind of around break even for the week. Um, which was a little bit of a disappointment given the way that my that my squads were set up going into Sunday. But it was still nice to get a little bit of a sweat there to uh, to start the year out. And uh, you mentioned as well, I mean, last week, people are going to maybe shy away from the shorter hitters. I know you kind of focused that discussion on Brendan Todd a little bit, uh, who got off to a really good start the first two days and then ended up being Kirk taking it down. But the logic still was was spot on there. Yeah, I wish I could have got uh, Brendan Todd's first two rounds and Putnam's last two rounds and combined those two together. Uh, I think Putnam was 15 under after the on the weekend, and Todd was like, yeah, 15 under uh, first two days. So combine those, and uh, we have ourselves a winner. But uh, yeah, Kirk, good story. Um, obviously, you know, uh, he's sober now, and he's talked about his struggles with that. So pretty cool to see, and we don't have to worry about him, you know, going out and partying. Uh, he should be ready to roll this week, too. That's right. Uh, always worth noting, particularly when you get to some of those destinations in Florida or uh, Vegas or something like that. So speaking of sober, we're we're week two with a glass of water on the show instead of the, the Diet Coke. So we'll see if we can make that. I am a little under the weather, though. I've been battling a cough and a cold or just all sorts of upper respiratory things for like a month now. And it's uh, it's starting to irritate me. But uh, that's all right. We're here. And we've also got like a foot of snow outside. Uh, it's just miserable. There's been a storm going racing all the way across the U.S. I know some severe weather for people on the East Coast as well and snow all across the Midwest. So wherever you are, hope you are staying safe. And uh, and I have not set foot out the front door today. So uh, we're just well out the back door, I guess, to shovel some snow for the dog to go to the bathroom. But not ideal to have a puppy and a foot of snow. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I also have a foot of snow, but no puppy. So, uh, yeah, don't have to worry about that. Um, like four in the morning, you know, he's got to go to the bathroom. And it's like I got to shovel him a path to go to the bathroom at 4 a.m. And then I'm, you know, awake. So uh, it's been one of those days, but no accidents in the house. So I guess we'll call that a win. 
Yeah, that's definitely a win. Uh, speaking of accidents, what did you think of Jason Day's pants? <laughs> uh, great segue into golf there. I don't know. I don't know what to make of the fashion on the PGA Tour anymore. It just means I'm getting old, I guess. But uh, the, the whole tournament was just like Vincent Norman made 14 birdies and finished dead last out of 59 golfers. And he didn't make any big numbers either. No doubles, 16 birdies. Eight bogeys dead last. So, yeah, two hundred was the worst round on Sunday. Uh, it's it's not my favorite when your guy shoots like six hundred and he moves down the leaderboard. But, but yeah, and uh, it seems like you know Tiger's leaving Nike. So, yeah, we got some new apparel changes. I wonder if uh, Nike's just getting out of golf altogether. Could be with all the live changes and all that stuff. Maybe they're just going in a different direction will be interesting to see where that goes over the next uh, six or eight months. And plus with the merger talks, how things all end up shaking out there. But yeah, you mentioned everybody's shooting well on Sunday. Justin Rose was 12 under shot at 61 on Sunday, quite a few 10 under rounds as well. Um, Day speak of him was uh, the one that shot six under on Sunday and moved down four spots on the leaderboard. So uh, it was just uh, one of those weeks where we knew it was going to be a birdie fest. Uh, and, you know, you, you saw, let's see what we end up having. Uh, 28 golfers get to 20 under or better. So, yeah, it, it's fun to have golf back, but uh, maybe a little more excitement this week. Not that it's uh, a super hard course by any means, but maybe a little bit more challenging, a little breezy the first couple of days. Uh, really hard to take a whole lot away from last week simply because, you know, it became a birdie fest and a putting contest. But anything else you want to mention for last week's results? No, I don't think so. I do wish – I don't know. We didn't really get primetime golf. They decided to do threesomes and then off-split tees. So, I mean, they were just trying to get out of the way of the NFL, which seems like oh, every sport is doing now. But plus they had 60 golfers instead of the usual 30 or 35 that we have for that one. Uh, and then, yeah, the NFL scheduling changes. Uh, obviously, we had a couple Saturday games, kind of threw a wrench into that as well. But uh, it's a good week to get your feet wet, move on, uh, get to the Sony Open this week. So still in Hawaii, uh, in Honolulu this week at YLI Country Club, which has been the longtime host of this event. Uh, what do we know about the course for this week? Yeah, so wildlife, par 70, just over 7,000 yards, uh, more of a plotter's course. So think Harbortown, think Colonial, think El Chameleon, which we used to have on the PGA Tour, where distance is really negated. And that's because there's a lot of dog legs. Um, there's a lot of overhanging trees. So it just it's not a course that really favors distance. You don't really need it anyway, since there are two par fives and reachable by most of the field and then the par fours are all pretty short so i'm not looking too much at distance i'm not really looking at accuracy either just because the, these fairways are hit hard to hit for everyone um the average driving accuracy last year was only 55 percent and you can hit these greens from the rough it's not a big deal but uh, i am interested to see if they play lift clean in place apparently there's been some storms early in the week so um, if the course is really wet and soggy, then maybe you do want to bump up driving accuracy because whoever is going to be able to lift clean and place their ball is going to be uh, at a big advantage. I think it's supposed to be dry from now, so Tuesday evening and through the tournament. So, I mean, if they do, I'd imagine it's maybe only for like the first round or something like that. 
Okay. Hopefully not. I, I hate when they do that. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be a lot of wedges and short irons into the greens. Uh, 70% of approach shots are from 125 to 200 yards. The greens here, pretty easy to hit, about 78% last year uh, in terms of greens and regulation. But uh, you still want to be good around the greens. Um, this is a course where we've seen uh, Kucher and a lot of the shorter hitters that are good, good short games uh, tend to play well here. So, yeah, I'm looking at everything but off the tee pretty much. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think the approach game angle, uh, certainly a short game doesn't hurt here. Uh, and just in agreement there, you're just the, the distance is not a factor. You've seen Kucher win. You've seen Kevin Na has won here in the past. So not that big hitters can't contend here, but that's the driver uh, is generally not going to be the reason why they end up winning the tournament. So uh, don't focus on that too much. And uh, and you should be fine as far as getting guys that are well suited for the course uh, strokes gained approach. Uh, as usual, kind of the big one for me this week. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we've got four golfers above 10K this week on DraftKings. They all played last week. Uh, in fact, the top uh, nine guys on the board, I believe, all played last week. Obear coming off a tough week. He was pretty popular and, uh, and a bit of a disappointment. Uh, you've got Hatton, Fitz, and Tigala coming off a runner-up finish. Uh, Hatton and Fitzpatrick played fairly well also last week. Do you think we need one of those top four guys or, uh, and if so, who do you like the best? Yeah, I don't really like any of them, to be honest. Um, you know, of course, history has been pretty important here over the years and Obear, Hatton and Fitz have never played here. Tagala's played here once, finished T48 in 2021. And I, I really like the balance builds. There's not a lot in the six Ks that I'm interested in. So I like starting in the nine Ks, building a couple of players there, a couple of nades, a couple of the sevens. I think that's what most people are going to do. Um, but there is, you know, pretty high ownership up top. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see O'Bear play well here. But again, the driver is negated a bit. Um, Hatton is probably the best course fit of these four. But you never know what to expect from him. I don't know if you saw um, the shot by the bunker where I saw that. <laughs> I think he had two club hits, three stomps. Uh, <laughs> he just lost his mind, which is, uh, which is, and I believe fun. that was on like the day he played real well. Yeah. And after the round, he said, somebody asked him about his great round. And he said, ah, oh. he started swearing and said, you should have seen my, my shot trackers. They were terrible. So he's never happy, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a joy to watch. And then, I mean, Fitz, if you want to play the Harbortown narrative, uh, Fitz won there last year, but I, I don't have strong take on any of these. I'll probably be underweight on all of them. What about you? Yeah, I do like Gobert. I think I, I'm banking on his ownership being a little bit lower um, he was very popular last week, finished around like 50th uh, in a 59-man field. And the lineups just look a lot better if you're starting in that 8-9K range overall. So I think the ownership might end up trending down on these guys a little bit. Um, I don't like the others as much, but Aubert, I will take some shots on. Uh, you know, if you take out last week, he was on a stretch of like seven straight top 15 finishes worldwide. So uh, he's obviously shown the talent, and uh, I think he's my pick up there. Yeah, don't mind it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him bounce back. All right. Uh, and we head into the 9K range where Noto mentions he's going to be starting a lot of his lineups. Brian Harmon, still expensive, coming off. Uh, uh, I mocked the price tag last week and said that uh, the algorithm was was being taken from Noto. But uh, solid top five finish for Brian Harmon last week. Corey Connors has a very good course history here. 
Uh, Russell Henley has a good course history as well. You've got Chris Kirk coming off a win. Uh, you've got Eric Cole, who's been playing phenomenal golf for the last six months. So you mentioned maybe starting lineups in, in this range. Uh, who are a couple of your favorites? Yeah, I could probably make a case for all of them. Uh, the range is very strong. My favorites are Eric Cole at 9,700. He's just been a top 10 machine. I think he has top 10s in six of his last 10 starts. And he finally gets a course that he's seen before. He played here last year, made the cut. Now he's a much better golfer. Uh, he's one of the best birdie makers in the field. And he just, I mean, he's elite everywhere except off the tee. So if you're going to negate distance, like we said, it's hard not to like Cole. Henley, you mentioned the course history. He's won here before. Didn't play well last week, but prior to that, he had top 15s and four straight. Uh, and then JT Poston at 9,100. Just really improved with his irons. He's top five in this field. Strokes gained approach over the last six months. That's uh, you know much different than what we typically think of Poston as like a short game specialist. He's still an elite putter, still good around the greens. He plays here every year. So those would be my three favorites. But Connor's course history is hard to overlook. Uh, Harmon doesn't have the course history they might expect, but pretty good course fit there. And I'm going to be overweight on Chris Kirk just because I think everyone's going to play the can't play the winner from last week. But I think he keeps it going and, and puts together a strong performance. Yeah, and Kirk has a runner up finish and a third place finish here in the last three years. So uh, pretty good trends in terms of his recent form and his course history. Uh, if you want to go back to Kirk uh, Connors, who I mentioned, you know, T3, T12, 11th and 12th and T12 again. His last four trips, he's gained over 30 strokes on the field. So uh, obviously it's going to come down to the putter with him. But uh, I think all these guys are strong, like you mentioned. But uh, Connors is my favorite. I'd probably go Henley next. Uh, and I do like Poston as well for those reasons that you mentioned. Uh, the other guys in here, I mean, Matsuyama, we still haven't seen much from him. Uh, Will Zalatoris returned from a long layoff at the Hero World Challenge, which is that kind of 20 man exhibition type event in December. And he, uh, you know, was trying to change putters. Uh, obviously he's coming back from a lengthy injury absence and he finished 11 over par. So, I mean, like Zal Torres has got to be a guy that we just say, we got to see something before we even debate it. Right. Yep, exactly. And he's on the record saying he likes long, difficult courses. This isn't exactly that. Um, so, yeah, right there with Dig. Not going to play any of him. I want him to play well. I obviously want him to get back to where he was uh, a couple years ago. I'm going to be off of uh, Hideki, too. But everyone else in the range, I mean, if you're MMEing and you just ignore the 10K range, you can get 25% of everyone in the 9Ks except for Zalatoris and, and Hideki. And I, I really like that start to MME builds. Yeah, it's definitely a path I think you can take this week. Uh, like that call a lot. And, of course, if you're going with those balanced builds, you'll be able to get some golfers in the 8K range as well. Uh, Benny Ahn is at 8,700. Um, a guy that we've seen, you know, since he got his card back, he's been playing really well. He finished fourth last week. Uh, the big disappointment of last week was the chalky value, Cam Davis. Uh, during the show, you know, Noda mentioned, you mentioned not knowing what to do with the chalk value. And uh, Cam Davis ended up being the one to uh, to burn a lot of people last week. Uh, he's back this week at 8,500. I do think he's really interesting as kind of the zig when everyone else zags play. Uh, if you look at the you know the long term trends and stats, still really strong. Uh, and he's going to get a lot less attention now because he's more expensive this week than he was last week, and he's you know coming off a 
52nd place finish or whatever, wherever he ended up last week. So you've got Rose in here. You've got DFS Darling Jaeger in here. Uh, McCarthy, Harris English. What do you like in the 8K range? Yeah, so I like Benny on quite a bit at 8,700. does look like he's going to be really popular. But, man, fourth place last week. Uh, he now has three top sixes in his last six starts. Um, T12 here last year. And he's much better putter than he used to be when he first came on tour. You know, went back down to the Corn Ferry Tour. And for whatever reason, he's gotten much better. That's a pretty low bar at that time. <laughs> it was. He was like the the Luke List. Uh, he was bad. Most types. Um so yeah, I like him 87. I like Cam Davis, like you mentioned, good bounce back spot. And he tends to play these shorter courses really well. Um, look at his numbers at Harbortown and Colonial, pretty good. Uh, look at his numbers on short par 70s, pretty good. Um, his best putting surface is Bermuda. And he's made the cut here. He's in the last four years. Worst finish was T32. So I do like Davis to bounce back. And then the only other play I like here is Denny McCarthy. Just a course fit thing. I like all the short hitters that are good putters. Uh, I'll mention a number of others once we get to the seven case. All right. Uh, good calls there. Of course, uh, I wrote up Davis this week simply from a GPP angle. Uh, don't have any issues with Benny on as well. Those will be my two favorites. Um, I think Sobel wrote up Jaeger this week. So I think Jaeger is a safe play um, discounted from where we're used to seeing him during the fall swing, but uh, solid play there at 8,100 if you want to go to him. Um, Adam Hadwin, maybe another guy you could sprinkle in your GPP builds. Doesn't really have the course history here, uh, but you're probably looking at around 10% ownership there. Uh, he got finished runner-up in his only fall swing start at the Shriners, and uh, he was T14 last week uh, with 28 birdies. So don't mind Adam Hadwin at, uh, at an even 8K. And then we kind of start to trickle into the upper end of the sevens. Are you going back to the Brendan Toddwell? Uh, is it Matt Kuchar with the course history this week? Uh, and some of those shorter hitters got to be in this range as well. Yeah, you know, I'm playing Todd on a par 70. That's just what we do. Um, he's made the cut here to the last four years. Hasn't shown as much upside at this event, but he's just so consistent. And he's really improved with his wedges and short irons over the last year of play. Good putter. Uh, one of the best on Bermuda. He's third in this field in strokes game putting on Bermuda. So, yeah, I'll play some Todd. This is the course where I don't mind playing Kuchar. I probably won't have a ton, maybe like 10%. But if he gets you a top 15 at you know as your fourth or fifth guy in your lineup, you'll probably take that. I do like Svensson. He's kind of been more consistent than upside over the last six months. But he does have a T7 here, three for three, and cuts made. And then Andrew Putnam's my favorite between 75 and 8,000. Uh, he's just one of those guys. He hits fairways. He's good with his irons. Elite putter. Uh, I mentioned at the, the top of the show, he was 15 under par in his last two rounds uh, at the Century last week. So hopefully, uh, you know, got some got some rust off and, you know, had nine under par round on Sunday. We talk about, you know, taking those guys that come coming through with the low round on Sunday, maybe being able to carry some of that momentum. Well, that's everybody that played. Well, yeah, nine under was like a shot better than the, the average, right? Nine under was pretty good. Well, I wonder what the course average was. I wonder if I can get that. Uh, oh, did you see Sungjae broke the all-time birdie record? I did. It was like and 34 birdies in 72 holes. Uh, so what is your guess as to what the overall, your serious guess as to what the course average was on Sunday? I just pulled it up on Data Golf. Uh, so I'm going to go like, I'll say 
five and a half under, so 67 and a half. Yeah, so it was 6.3 under par was the average score. Every single hole played under par except for one. Uh, 2.86 on the front, 3.47 on the back. So uh, it was 4.2 on Thursday, 5.5 Friday, 2.5 Saturday, and 6.3 on Sunday. So, yes, that is how you have a tournament where you set the birdie record, your son JM, and still barely finish T5. And uh, also, I think you was like eighth or ninth or something, or maybe even lower than that in DraftKings scoring because of the, he didn't have the birdie streaks and he didn't have the Eagles. So uh, again, just a weird week. Um, I keep bringing it up, even though we say not to take much from it, but it's the only 2024 data point that we have so far. So uh, it, uh, it helps to give some context. I like Svensson as well. That's no surprise. I'm always a Svensson guy. I don't love a lot in this range. Um, I could be talked into Todd or Kucher. I think they're fine. Um, I usually like Alex Norman's a guy that nobody ever wants to play for some reason. And like, he'll have the occasional stinker of a tournament from time to time. But, um, at 7,900, I think he's all right. Uh, and we, as usual, don't have a whole lot of ownership on him. So, um, we've got about 14% on Kucher, 13% on Spence and 14% on Todd. So, uh, Norn, we've got only at around six. So potentially some lower ownership there as well. Any of the guys in the middle of this 7K range? Any interest in like a JJ Spawn, Aaron Rye, anybody like that? I do like the Norn call. A um, couple top threes recently. And you mentioned nobody ever plays him because they all have bad memories of him burning them, uh, myself included. Uh, the only other guy in that mid-range that I do like is Tom Hoagie. Um, doesn't look like he's going to get much ownership similar to, to Norrin at 6%. He can just get red hot with the irons. You know, you're kind of taking a chance with everything else in his game, but, um, if you want a guy that can go super low, yeah, Hoagie, Hoagie can do that. Yeah. Hoagie used to be a guy that was kind of your consistent, you know, middle of the road finisher, but he's become a little bit more boomer bust over the last couple of years. So I like that call as well. Um, we've got some guys we'll start, we'll start to sprinkle them in, in the, uh, low seven K's and the six K's that are some of the new, uh, corn Ferry tour graduates. So you'll notice some new names, guys that have just gotten their, uh, PGA tour cards. Maybe some guys that are back, uh, after losing it for a year or two, um, Dumont, they just start just, I'm just going to call him Dumont. I can't do the French with the head cold. Uh, but, uh, I, I think he's fine at 7,300, but he's been priced up. So maybe a few more guys in the 6k range. If you want to take a chance on the, uh, the new corn fairy tour graduates. Um, I mentioned Norman finishing dead last, last week, but still making a reasonable amount of birdies. I never have a problem playing him, but I really don't like a whole lot from the kind of seven to 7.5 K range. Anybody else above 7k that, uh, that you like. Yeah, I love Ben Griffin this week. Another guy similar to Eric Cole that he's bad off the tee, uh, good everywhere else. Finished 12th here last year. Last time we saw him was with RSM, finished eighth. So he's got the course history, the form, the course fit. Um, I like him a lot there. Outside of that, um, Alexander Bjork, one of the better iron players um, over on the DP World Tour, getting a start over here. I'm excited to see him play. Um, he's pretty accurate and a pretty good putter, too. 
he just doesn't play well on long courses. So this might be a good spot for him. Uh, Rio Hissat soon. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but he's been playing some great golf. T21 or better in five straight starts overseas. And then uh, Ben Coles, another guy that we don't see a lot on the PGA Tour. Um, he has four top six finishes in his last five starts uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, those are some of the guys that are probably not going to get much attention in the low sevens that I do like. Yeah, again, some of those new faces, you're going to get pretty low ownership. Um, Davis Thompson, I think, is all right as well. Finally, a guy that seems to be capitalizing on the uh, the potential that everyone expected him to have when he first got his card a couple of years back. So uh, he's the one guy at 7K that, uh, that I don't mind taking some shots on. All right, if we go to the upper end of the 6K range, not a whole lot of guys that are in good form down here. Um, you know, you, you've just seen a whole lot of players who are hit or miss. Seamus Power hasn't done much lately. Uh, if you're familiar with some of like the the major tournaments, uh, the British Open, some of those were uh, the Genesis Scottish Open where you see Robert McIntyre. His name might stand out to you, but uh, this is a different style, of course, than you know those events that we usually play him on. He's there at 6,900. Um, you know, you got Buckley in here. Like, the, there's not a sure thing in this kind of 6.6 to 7K range. Uh, anybody that uh, that you particularly like in here, you're trying to stick above 7,000. Definitely trying to stick above 7,000. Um, I don't mind the Buckley calls, finished second and 12th here the last two years. Bad form coming in, does look like he's going to be popular. So, might be best to avoid him in, in single entry stuff. Um, Ryan Palmer has played well here for whatever reason. Doesn't seem like he should. Uh, and he has two top tens recently. So maybe you can look at him. And then uh, Alejandro Tosti is a guy that uh, I hope he's good because, man, he has just been a troublemaker on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's gotten suspended, signing wrong scorecards, swearing at everybody. Um, so I hope. Uh, I hope he brings some of that to the PJ tour. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he ends up getting into his first uh, quarrel with on the PGA tour, but he's really cheap. My, uh, my money's on his caddy. Sounds like he doesn't. Uh, well, like that's him. a given. <laughs> I mean, the first player that, uh, that he gets into it with, but yeah, the caddy thing, I've read the story is definitely interesting. Um, as we round out here, I, my goal was to potentially bring back the uh, the snake draft tonight. Uh, I know we're not going to be able to fill a big one here with it being still kind of the uh, early part of the season. Uh, but I posted a message in the YouTube chat. If anyone's like interested in doing a snake draft, I don't want to sit around and try to wait for it to fill. But uh, if we know we can get like at least three others, uh, maybe we'll hop on one uh, here. But uh, and we'll see if we can get some momentum going. So post a message in the YouTube chat if, if you're watching us live and you are interested in doing a snake draft, I uh, will be through everything here in a couple minutes. So uh, we could go ahead and, and set that up now if uh, if we get enough people interested, but want to gauge interest uh, before we do that. So, all right, heading down to basically uh, punt level. I know Noto mentioned uh, staying above uh, 7K, which I'm going to do for the most part as well. I will throw a sprinkle on Pearson Cootie. So a really good story. Uh, both of the uh, Cootie twins got PGA Tour cards, and uh, Pearson was the number one ranked uh, golfer coming out of college a few years ago. Uh, did win twice on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. His results are very up and down. 
uh, but he had two wins and four top tens and he's only 6,300. So I might take a shot on him in some GPPs at that basically min level price tag, mainly in lineups where I want to get Obert at the top uh, or get another high end guy for sure into, uh, into my lineup. So anybody else that you would be willing to consider as a punt? Maybe Matthew Neesmith. He's a good iron player. He's never played here before, but he did show some good form in the fall. Tyler Duncan coming off a third place finish. Um, Carson Young, we used to pay like 7K for him. He's only 6,100 or 6,200. But ultimately, I don't expect to have any exposure to these guys. All right. Uh, well, with that, I think we are uh, pretty much through the uh, the golfers here in about a half an hour so uh if again we want to try to maybe uh, bring back the snake drafts here but if you don't want to continue listening uh to us trying to fill a snake draft and going on and on about that uh for the next little bit you can go ahead and uh and drop off we do appreciate it uh appreciate you listening to us uh, or watching us every week uh, be sure to uh, leave a thumbs up on the youtube page subscribe to the channel uh, if you're uh, interested in knowing whenever we go live, you can get a notification for that. Uh, but do appreciate your support, and you can check out all of our premium content over at uh, rotogrinders.com. So, uh, 